Who's excited that it's the 12th of November? Who's feeling a little, who's got butterflies in their stomach? So it's like, it's in that, it's in that uh, uncertain time. We haven't started Advent and that road to Christmas just yet. But, the, you know, it's November. The end of the year is sort of rocketing towards us. And guess what? 2023 for us, and we've, we've talked about this uh, in a lot of what we do, has been a year of preparation for 2024. And so here we are, 2024 is nearly upon us. So what are we going to do now? Well, I say we let our hair down. Come on, this is Christmas. This is a fun time of the year. Christmas is getting closer. We're preparing for that, for that great season in our life, especially in church, where we can actually speak on relatively friendly terms with our non-Christian friends, relatives and work colleagues about Jesus. Because at Christmas, they're not threatened because at Christmas, Jesus is a baby. <laughs> How non-threatening is that? But it's also because Christmas is familiar to people. Christmas is a joyful time of celebration. The Christmas story can still evoke a sense of connection with God for people. And this can have a powerful impact if we're prepared to use it. Because I think if, even if people don't understand the significance of the season, if we provide the opportunities, Jesus still shines through. And so I want us to, I want us to perhaps shift gear. We're not quite ready for Advent. I'm not going to be talking about preparing the way of the Lord. I'm not, certainly not going to be singing about it. Um, but <laughs> I'm in Mason's boat. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for trying to sing. But Vicky and I have just been at the uh, South Australian Northern Territory Pastors Retreat with uh, all the other pastors in South Australia. The ones from Northern Territory didn't turn up, but as their national directors, I, they actually had something else. But you know, we did feel very, no, we didn't. But we were connecting with the other pastors around the state and discussing our plans for next year, sort of telling stories about what happened this year. Um, encouraging each other, praying for one another. And we spent some time discussing and meditating on some of the keys to impacting our non-believing friends when they're invited to church or a small group or even just in a one-on-one conversation. And the consensus that we reached was that among many other factors, it's important to introduce people to the fundamentals of the Christian faith that unify the church rather than those that divide the church. And sometimes that's hard because you can think of a lot of things that, you know, we believe this, but you know, don't listen to the guys down the road, they're heretics. Um, and that's very easy to do because who knows what, the, the current world climate the, uh, of the world and, and, and I guess local news, it's very easy for us to champion causes that while our viewpoint might be valid, they divide more than unite the body of Christ. Uh, who feels pressured to have an opinion about the Gaza war? You know, who feels pressured to have an opinion about the voice to Australia? To vax or not to vax? Whether you're a left-wing political person or a right-wing political person. We, I mean, and there are great reasons for people to act, adopt a particular attitude, or well, some of them are great reasons. Um, others, perhaps not. But 
if we major, major on opinions, we, we always polarize people. And we, we've got to understand that that not only causes division between us and the people we're trying to reach, but it causes divisions within the church as well. Come on, we've all seen it during COVID. People who suddenly forget that they're Jesus followers and become followers of issues, ideas and ideologies and lose their faith in Jesus because they forgot to follow Jesus and decided to get distracted and follow something else. And, and the great thing is I can state definitively that that is something Jesus is not into. And the great thing about that is it's not my opinion. It is. Because if we read in, the, in, in John's Gospel in chapter 17, he specifically prays a prayer which makes his desire for the church and for the people the church is reaching very clear. In John 17 verse 20, it says, I am praying, and this is, this is, this is Jesus praying to his Father. I am praying not only for these disciples, and that's the people, you know, the 12, but also for those who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so the world will believe you sent me. That's a powerful statement. I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. I think that makes church very simple. And I just love the idea that if we are unified, it doesn't say anything about us, but it actually it tells people without us having to tell anybody, our, our, our unity tells people that God sent Jesus. How does he do that? we don't know because we've never been unified enough to find out about time we started and I, th I think there's power in the unity of purpose in the church and I don't just mean our church I'm not talking about just C3 Nord I'm not even talking about C3 Global I mean every church what can we preach that every church can get behind what can we preach that unifies God's kingdom what subject inspires agreement from the ACC, the CRC, the Anglicans, the United Church, the Baptist, every other denomination you can think of? There's only one thing. We've got to speak Jesus. Because that's the one thing that we can all agree on. And I, I think, here's, a, here's an illustration of, of what I mean about preaching Jesus. 130 years ago, nearly, in 1893, who knows what happened in 1893? It was the World Columbian Exposition, which most of us have never heard of because we might know it better as Chicago World's Fair, which was held in Chicago. Now, this, 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 was, this was a big deal. It was open for six months, and more people visited than the population of Australia. 27 million people visited the World's Fair. It occupied a space of 690 acres or 280 hectares. The square mile of Adelaide or the city of Adelaide occupies one, 163 hectares. 
So this was a, this was a big, big event. It was huge. 200 buildings, temporary buildings, mind you, were built for this exhibition. And interestingly, interestingly, among the exhibits was one called the World Parliament of Religions. And what it was, was representatives of all the world's religions came together and met to share the best points of each religion and try to come up with a new religion for the world. I couldn't find any record of how that actually went. <laughs> but I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that one. And so, of course, Christians all over the world got upset and started reading the book of Revelation. Mark of the Beast, here comes the Antichrist, new, new, world, new world religion. Hey, come on, it's grist for the mill. And so around that time, one of the most famous evangelists was a guy called D.L. Moody. And he decided that this World's Fair was a great opportunity for evangelism. And so he used churches, he rented theatres, he even rented a circus tent, while well, well, it wasn't being used, um, to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all of his evangelist friends, all of the church people he knew, because of his stature in the, in the world of evangelism, said to him, you've got to attack the parliament of religions. You've got to go for them and preach against what they are trying to do. And he refused. He said, no, I'm not going to even mention them. He said, my job and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make Jesus Christ so attractive that people will turn to him. He knew that Jesus Christ was the preeminent saviour, not just one of many religious leaders of history. And so he had what he called the Chicago Campaign of 1893. And it was perhaps his greatest evangelistic endeavour and thousands and thousands of people came to Christ. You see, Moody had had a revelation that Jesus is attractive to the unsaved when they say that when they see, rather, that he is uniquely and universally important to Christians. He understood what Paul was trying to get to the Colossian church in the book of Colossians, in uh, chapter 1, verse 18, where he says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. Do we put him first in everything? Because that's what we're called to do. Further on in Colossians in chapter 3 verse 11, he says, in this new life, what, what new life is he talking about here? This is a new life where we have recognized, as he points out in Colossians 1, that Jesus is first in everything. As a Christian, the first thing we do, the first step we take to following Jesus is to actually recognize that we need to put him first. We, we pray a, a prayer that we, we call the, the sinner's prayer. I'm not sure why it's called that, because having prayed it, it doesn't stop people sinning. It's, it's really odd. I, I thought that I, I'd be good forever once I'd prayed that prayer, but 40 years later, I'm still, no, it wasn't that long ago, was it? Yes, it probably was. 
Good grief. Um, okay. Uh, well, I was good for a, a major portion of that. Um, <laughs> um, but th- this new life is where we, we take on board the idea that Jesus is not just the head of the church, but as part of the church, he's got to be head of my body. He's got to be head of my life. I have to put him number one, not just on Sunday mornings, because, you know, the calendar is Sunday, time to put Jesus number one. I've got to do it every day of the week, every hour of the day, every minute of the hour. I need my decisions, my thoughts, my goals, my dreams, my ambitions to be placed before Jesus. And that's just the first step. Because guess what? The, 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 the thing about having a relationship with Jesus is it's a bit like having a relationship with Vicky. My wife, she talks back. She gives me instructions. Sometimes I get her and Jesus very confused. <laughs> but that's, that's what a new life in Christ is. And it says it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. All your bad, you barbarians, that's fine. You, you can join in. If you're uncivilized, you're welcome. It says Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. That is good news. And so I think when, as, as we approach Christmas, as we, as we sort of manoeuvre th- through those tricky situations where we want to give somebody an invitation, do it with Jesus. Don't, don't complicate things. Christmas is a time of celebration. We celebrate Jesus. We'd love you to come along. You'll have a great time. Don't get into whether we, we're pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, whether the rapture's happening at all. Don't, don't, let's not get into stuff. Let's not answer questions. Are you a right-wing church or a left-wing church? I don't know. We've got both wings in our church. That's how we fly. We just need to tell people to get, come along. We're celebrating Jesus. We're not ramming him down your throat. We're celebrating. Come and celebrate with us. You might find something that you'd never seen before, that you didn't know you needed. You might not. Come again next year. But we need to prepare ourselves, you know, over the coming week with Advent. You know, this is, this is I, might, I might make it sound frivolous, but I do believe that we have a responsibility to invite people to expose people to, to what we know as the love of Jesus Christ. And they'll only come if they sense that we're genuine about what Jesus has done in our lives. That if Jesus is genuinely number one to us, the Bible tells me that those people will believe that God the Father sent Jesus. They won't necessarily believe I'm a good person or a perfect Christian or, or that, you know, that the message we preach in our church is the best message they've ever heard. They're wrong, but um, it's it's about connecting them with that vision that Jesus Christ was sent for them as much as he was sent for us. And so we need to allow people to 
experience Christmas at one of our Christmas services or somebody else's, if you know somebody else is doing one that's too far away to come to ours. Let's be united in our desire to let the world see that God sent Jesus, that we are a people who puts Christ first in everything and that Jesus is all that matters and that he lives in every single one of us. Let us be those people who speak Jesus. Now in a moment, as Nathan alluded to, I'm going to ask us all to stand. We're going to sing that song, I Speak Jesus, just to get into our hearts the idea that uh, this is what Christmas is about. This is what we're called to do. This isn't uh, some drudgery or task that we've, you know, we're not slaves in the minds sort of getting miserable for Christ. Um, if you want to do that, that's fine, but that's, that's not the deal here. We're actually celebrating something because we're glad, we're excited, we're enthusiastic about what Jesus has done in our life. But before we can do that, listen, we've got to take that step where we say, okay, I am going to put Jesus first. I am going to change direction from my old life to a new life. And in this new life, as it says, it doesn't matter who I am, where I've come from, what I'm like, but if I put Jesus first, he will change my life. If you've never made that decision to have your life changed by Jesus, I'll be standing down here at the end of the service after we've sung this song and I would love to pray that sinner's prayer with you after the service. And I'll tell you right now, it won't stop you sinning, but it will set your feet on a path which will give you a new life. Can I have the band up, please?